0: Good morning, sports fans. This is Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor happy february 24th happy saturday let's get rolling right into the top 25 schedule for college basketball 17th ranked michigan is at maryland today the Wolverines sit at 23 and 7 on the season while maryland sits at 19 and 11. michigan won earlier this season between the two teams when they faced off 68 to 67 so expect a good contest today out in maryland and maryland definitely has a tough place to play Elsewhere, 19th ranked Tennessee sitting at 20 and 7 is at Ole Miss, who is at 12 and 16. Ole Miss is last in the SEC, and Tennessee has won eight of their last 10 games. Their momentum definitely favors them in this game. Third ranked Villanova sitting at 25 and 3 is at Creighton, which is 19 and 9. After a tough loss to Providence on Valentine's Day, Villanova is back on track with two strong wins, including a top five matchup against Xavier, where they won by 16 points and looked impressive doing so. First-ranked Virginia at Pitt. Virginia's offense may be hard to watch, but their defense is tough to hate on. As a result, they sit at 25-2 on the season, and they take on a Pitt team, which is 8-21. Eighth-ranked Kansas, 22-6 at sixth-ranked Texas Tech. Both of them sit at 22 and 6, so this is easily the game of the day and a must-watch game to look at. Whoever wins this game takes possession of the number one seed in the Big 12 Conference. So a lot at stake down in Lubbock, Texas today. Syracuse at fifth-ranked Duke. Syracuse is 18 and 10. Duke 23 and 5. Duke has won four straight since the loss to North Carolina, and Marvin Bagley is set to return from his four-game absence. Sixth-ranked Gonzaga, is sitting at 26 and four, is at BYU today. Who is 22 and eight? When these two get together, expect some fireworks. This is an intense rivalry, and Gonzaga simply wants to wrap up the regular season with another conference t- championship in the Western Coastal Conference. That's it for college basketball as far as gameplay. However. We go to more college basketball news, as college basketball, there there looks to be a lot of trouble on the horizon. The FBI has reportedly intercepted multiple phone conversations in which Arizona coach Sean Miller discussed a $100,000 payment to secure the commitment of star freshman DeAndre Ayton, this according to ESPN's Mark Schalbeck. Miller allegedly had multiple conversations with Christian Dawkins about Dayton, a t- projected top-five pick, who was a contender for National Player of the Year. Dawkins used to work for former NBA agent Andy Miller at ASM Sports, and he was arrested in the fall for his role in facilitating improper bribes and benefits for college athletes. According to Shalabek, Dawkins asked Miller if he should go through former Arizona assistant Emmanuel "Book" Richardson to finalize the payment, but Miller told Dawkins to go directly through him. Richardson was one of four Division One assistants to be arrested by FBI agents after the agency's multi-year investigation into rampant corruption and bribery in recruiting. After Richardson's arrest. Uh, and Arizona's implication in the FBI's first wave of findings, Miller put out the following statement, quote, As the head basketball coach at the University of Arizona, I recognize my responsibility is not only to establish a culture of success on the basketball court and in the classroom, but as important to promote and reinforce a culture of compliance. uh, To the best of my ability, I have worked to demonstrate this over the past eight years and will continue to do so as we move forward. 14th ranked Arizona takes on Oregon today. They remain first in the Pac-12 standings. You'll have to wonder how Sean Miller will survive this FBI probe and if his job at Arizona will continue on next season. On to the other basketball court, the NBA, Oklahoma City, which sits at 34-26, and 26, good for fifth in the Western Conference, is at Golden State today, which is second in the Western Conference at 45-14. The Thunder have won both meetings between the two teams this season, and they hope to make it 3-0 series lead tonight. The Thunder get up for big games, so we'll have to see how tonight goes will this spark Oklahoma City on their second half of the season run. There are 23 games left on the schedule, so you expect Golden State to come out with a sense of urgency. I expect all of Oklahoma City's starters to play. Carmelo Anthony missed last game with an appeared to be an ankle injury during the first quarter, so expect Oklahoma City to have a another level of intensity which they seem to put away for lesser competition. For honorable mentions, the Boston Celtics are at the New York Knicks. The Memphis Grizzlies are at the Miami Heat. And the Mavericks are at the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are on a quite a roll. Uh, this coming in before the All-Star break. They were on an 11th game winning streak. They hope to carry that forward. The Mavericks are playing this after some allegations about Dallas' work environment in the front office. Supposedly uh, goes as far as uh, sexual misconduct between male and female staffers. And Mark Cuban was fined $600,000 for his tanking comments on a a local Dallas podcast. So Dallas is in a bad way right now, especially the way the franchise has played. And if I'm a Dallas fan, I'm looking at Mark Cuban and I'm thinking, okay, well, if you're gonna put this bad product on the court, then how about you not joust us for ticket prices because I really don't wanna pay for this bad product. This is what you're putting on the court, and then it should reflect that in ticket pricing as well. I've not looked at Dallas's ticket prices, but that's just from my standpoint as a fan. Uh, when the Bobca- I lived in Charlotte when the Bobcats were really terrible. I would always go just to watch the other teams, quite honestly i uh, also have known I'm a Spurs fan, so I would always go in town and see them play. It was just cool to have an NBA team in town even if they weren't that good. So for me, for me as a NBA fan, that's what I'd be saying to Mark Cuban right now. Hopefully things in Dallas get better because I'm a, also I, I love Dirk Novinsky. he's a classy guy. I hope things get better for his case. Now on to more NBA news, this with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has come out against the one-and-done rule with regards to college basketball. Several current NBA players have been implicated for possibly accepting inappropriate payments in the latest information from the FBI's probe into NCAA basketball. Among those named are NBA rookies Markel Fultz out of Washington, Dennis Smith Jr. out of NC State, Kyle Kuzma from Utah, and Bam Abdebayo of the Warriors. Actually, I'm not sure where he plays. I misread that. Excuse me. Warriors forward Kevin Durant did not appear in the report, but he spoke on Friday about his general distaste for the NCAA and the NBA rule of preventing players from joining the league straight out of high school. Quote, you want these players to go out, and go out there and play on the biggest stage, Durant said. The Final Four is one of the biggest sporting events in the world in sports, and they don't get a dime for it. I don't think it's right. You should let these kids make a decision however they want to. If they want to come right out of high school, it should be on them. You want, you know what I mean? You can't control everything. So if they feel as though they're ready, that's on them. They want to make a decision on their life, that's on them. If they don't get drafted, it's on them. You can, contri- you can try and control it, but you're still not really uh, doing anything. Durant, who played one year at Texas before being drafted second overall by the Seattle Supersonics in 2007, said he would have skipped college altogether if he had been allowed. The league began prohibiting players from entering the league straight out of high school in 2006. Uh, Yeah, probably, Durant said when being asked about entering the NBA out of high school. I needed the money. Players like Durant would most likely have no problem adapting to the NBA without a year of playing in college or overseas to prepare. But the rule was put in place after several high schoolers either fizzled out or went undrafted. Changes to the current one-and-done rule are reportedly being strongly considered by the league and the New Players Association, and it appears that it's only a matter of time before we see something new. I really think that's going to help both the NBA and college basketball. On college basketball side, if you have a really talented player, you get to see him play for maybe two or three years in your program. That's fantastic. And for coaches, it makes their job easier because they don't have to constantly go out and recruit new talent to their program, and work on building chemistry up in the off season. On the NBA side, you get more mature players out of this. If, if a guy wants to come out of high school, like Kevin Durant said, that's on them. But you get a more mature player like, say, a Dwayne Wade, who spent four years at Marquette. Again, I think this is a win-win situation, and hopefully the league decides on this sooner, implementing maybe a rule where if you go to college... You have to stay for three years, but you are allowed to come straight from high school. That's totally up to an 18-year-old kid who decides what he wants to do. We're sending 18-year-olds into the army for crying out loud. U.S. Soccer has a new president. Carlos Cordero is the new president of U.S. Soccer Federation, succeeding his boss, Sunil Gulati, in a final vote over the weekend that concluded a contentious race. Gulati, who has served as head of the organization since 2006, declined to run for re-election after the U.S. men's national team failed to qualify this year for the World Cup for the first time since 1986. Gulati also steps down amid multiple lawsuits between U.S. soccer, the sports official governing body, and the U.S., the North American Soccer League. The suits are explained in the link provided on the site I was on. I believe it was CBS Sports. There's also considerable frustration at that one of the most promising young players in the U.S., Jonathan Gonzalez, decided recently to sign with Mexico. And you really can't blame him. He has, you know, potential... Uh, and a lot of tremendous upside. Why waste it on such a crummy national team, which is the U.S.? Uh, Quote, I think we are at an inflection point in soccer history in this country, Cora Diro said following his win on Saturday. I think we have an opportunity to really transform it into a number one sport, and I think the demographics favor that. Cordero is calling for U.S. soccer to grow the sport at all levels, starting with bringing more young people into our ranks as registered players and to focus on youth soccer less as a business and more as a way to develop talent on the field and nurture our next generation of young adults, according to his published platform. The platform also calls for collaborating more with adult groups and recognizing that the millions of youth soccer players could bolster the ranks of the 250,000 adult players if we invest more in existing tournaments, support new membership drives, and better, better link adult programs with youth soccer and fans across the country. Cordero is expected to get to work immediately on a number of pressing issues, including hiring a new men's national team coach, putting together a combined United States, Canada, Mexico bid to host the 2026 World Cup, and more. As sort of a new fan to soccer or football, as the Europeans call it, I think this is, you know, a great wake-up call for soccer in our country. When you look at it, we're we should be a little bit more competitive on the world scale with the number of people we had, considering we lost to Trinidad and Tobago to qualify for the World Cup. Um, it, it's truly an embarrassment. And I hope that we get more competitive as time goes on. And it would it's a lot of for for someone like myself, who's kind of new to this sport, it's a lot of, it's really disappointing to n- realize that you're going to have to wait another four years before you get to see your country represented, or at least have a chance um, for your country to be represented in the World Cup. Um, Polisic put it best you know, after the losses, it's just heartbreaking really to have to sit four years now, uh, for a chance to represent my country. And, uh, he's going to be 23 the next time he gets that opportunity so hopefully by then we'll have figured some things out and uh, we don't waste the opportunity thanks for listening to this episode of garrison talk sports here on anchor if you like what you heard please hit the star on my channel to favorite my channel and if you'd like to listen to me on other outlets you can find me on google play music or itunes garrison talk sports you can also find me on Facebook. Once again, Garrison Talk Sports. Last but not least, I also tried uh, trying to get um, sports blog going. You know, I'm trying my hand at sports blogging. I'm still working on improving. But if you'd like to read what I've written, head on over to GarrisonHardy.Wixsite.com. Again, that's GarrisonHardy.Wixsite.com. I'll see you guys next time, and have a great rest of your Saturday. This has been Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor.